Welcome to the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Come on, say it like you mean it. Good morning. Good morning. It is a beautiful day outside today, and uh, I am just pumped because we got good weather out, and it's not you know, six degrees, and it's also not 90 degrees yet. So, you know, when it gets to be about 90, I feel like I do a weather report every Sunday. Yeah, when I, when I, when it gets to be about 90 degrees, you won't be catching me outside doing nothing, right? I pay to have air conditioner running in my house, and so I'm going to use it. Um, so, but welcome to Hope Unlimited Church. Uh, go to Luke chapter 5, yes, Luke chapter 5, and let's see here, I want to get started in week 4 of When a House Becomes a Home. Have you enjoyed this series so far? Has it been helpful for you so far? We've kind of, you know, broken down some of our core values and some of the things that we think and some of the, you know, just ways that we think about God, Jesus, church. All of this stuff. Um, Today, I want to talk to you maybe about the strongest uh, value that we have here um, as a community. It doesn't make it right or wrong. It just means everyone values this for sure. And uh, it's the value of community. And I think, so this morning, I need you to do something for me as a church member. I need you to raise your right hand. Repeat after me. I will not get offended. I will not get offended. Yeah, that's right, sir. That's right. I want to read to you this passage of Scripture. It's going to sound familiar because I read it a couple weeks ago, and I've just kind of been hanging out here for a while. But Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 17, and we'll just, we'll just take a little, little stroll here through the, through the text. One day he was teaching... And there were some Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present for him to perform healing. And some of them were carrying a man on a bed who was paralyzed. And they were trying to bring him in and set him down in front of him. But not finding any way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and they let him down through the tiles with his stretcher into the middle of a crowd in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, say their faith. Their faith. Say their faith. their faith. Seeing their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. I'm going to stop right there. I don't need to read anything else. Um, I want to read a quote to you this morning. How many of you know a man by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer? You ever heard of that? If you're Pentecostal for six and a half seconds, Dietrich Bonhoeffer is the dude because he stood up to Hitler. And that's how we know that he's the dude. But we don't read anything else from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. We just know that he was against Hitler. It's like, congratulations, you and the rest of the world, (laughs) Dietrich. Um, So I want to read this to you this morning. And I want, I want this quote to go so deep in you, and I hope it may offend some things in you, but you already promised not to be offended before God. So, um, <laughs> there you go. 
the person who loves their dream of community will destroy community. The person who loves those around them will create community. The person who loves their dream of community will destroy community. The person who loves those around them will create community. That is Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Life Together, the classic exploration of Christian community. I said this already, but community here is one of the strongest parts of our church. And that is good. That's a good thing. When community is a strong part of your church, your place of worship, that is good. If not, you may not have a church. (laughs) Um, You might have something that you guys may get together and worship on Sunday. You may worship Jesus. But if you don't have a sense of community, you do not have a church. You don't. You have a place where you go worship Jesus. And you can do that at home. Right? You can do that by yourself at home. We have, for some reason, put tons of value on different things in the American church, especially in Pentecostal circles. And I think often community is the last thing that we think about, especially when people are living a presence-driven life, whatever. It's the last thing that they think about. It's the last thing that's on their mind. They don't really think about community. If it happens, it happens. But in the, re- the, the reality is, is Jesus practiced community all the time. If you look at Jesus's most powerful encounter with God that he ever had on the earth, it was with other people. Mountain Transfiguration, right? It was at his baptism, maybe second. It was with other people. And so when I think about community, I think about a lot of different things. But I know that you can't just have a worship service on Sunday morning and call that a church. That is a church, maybe, by name, but it's not a church based off of the New Testament or any sort of Christian tradition at all. We do not just have church here. We have community here. We don't just have where you can come in and just come and experience a level of Jesus and then you walk. you can do that here if you would like but you will not live a christian life apart from community you just won't you won't right i had i was actually talking with somebody this week and they were like well what about they asked me about a few people in the bible who experienced some isolation in their time they asked me they said what about john who lived on the island of Patmos. Well, he was by himself. He got put there. He was thrown in prison. That's where he lived out a prison sentence. He didn't choose to go out there. Right? And I think a lot of times what we think we need to be Christian 
is just a relationship with God. And that is not what the New Testament speaks to at all. You actually, if you do not have a good relationship with your brother, Jesus says this, before you worship me, go fix that. And so, or your worship is in vain. If you have an alt against her, you want to just the mic. Yep, need to go ahead and for sure sit back here. I saw Jansen get up and move, and I'm like, yep, going to have to switch mics. Well, hold on, we need to do. Uh... Here we go. All right. Praise God. So in Christian community and in the life of following Jesus and and practicing a faith that was handed down to us from Jesus, right? In today's time, it requires you both to have a relationship with God and a relationship with others. And so in the church today, we have... Uh, the reason why I think the, tr- the church struggles so deeply today, globally, I'm not talking about this church, but so deeply globally is because they think that the solution that will fix everything for everyone is just if they can get them to get saved and repeat a prayer and raise their hand so that they can post it on Instagram and say, we had this many people get saved this past week. That will not fix their issues. It isn't designed to fix their issues. It doesn't, listen, I'll even, I'll even make as bold of a statement as this. A radical encounter with Jesus isn't designed to fix your issues. Not all of them. Jesus designed community to play a role in your walk with God. Period. Finding a home in a home People will not let you do without community. They won't. They will almost force you into it. Or they will live a life so attractive inside of that community, a couple things can happen. You can get jealous or you can get involved. (laughs) Pretty simple. And I know tons of people who are jealous of other people's relationships they have, but then also they put no effort into developing relationships. And sometimes, can I just like say this for a second? The idea that there are churches without friend groups and cliques even is preposterous. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, they have their little clique of friends over there. Yes! They do. Just like you do. And so when people say churches are clicky, they're supposed to be. Right? I've never heard anybody in this church want to hang out with a group of people and they're just like, no, they're not welcome here. Not allowed to be here. What does that even mean? You're not going to be close friends with every human being on the planet. You can't be. 
The Bible actually calls that unwise. I'll get into that in a minute. But listen, houses, houses will allow you again to be, they will allow you to visit and be entertained, but homes will always push you towards what is best for you. And listen, I'm going to preach on encounter next week, and I'm going to talk about all that too, and how this plays just as big of a role in our vision as community does. But one of the things that you will find here is that this isn't a place really I don't even know how to say it. This isn't a place just to visit to be entertained. I don't, I mean, Hope Unlimited is not that. It's a place to belong and be involved. I will tell you this. If you don't want to be involved and you don't want to belong to a family here, this probably isn't the place for you. Because it will be like real uncomfortable and you will get offended. I'm serious. People all the time. When I first moved here, it's like, well, you got these group of people here and these group of people here and these group of people here and these group of people here. And I'm like, yeah, that's typically how life works everywhere. That's okay. That's completely fine. If you are closer friends than you are with other people, that is how this is supposed to be. And so... If you want to be involved in a community and a family, this is the place for you. If you want to get plugged in and around a group of people who will hurt with you when you're hurting, this is the place for you. If you want to, get, if you want to be more than just a face in a crowd, this is the place for you. But it's not just a house to come be entertained in. I heard a man say this recently. Um, he says, it is... I don't guess it really is this way. But he made this claim. He says, you cannot go into a place, experience freedom, and then think that you are going to continue to experience that level of freedom without planting yourself there. And what he was, what he was referring to is that he was saying that events and all of that stuff, that's awesome. But what you really need is you need a local church that, ha- that goes after Jesus, that allows you to be free in worship, but then also, like, you can go eat lunch with people after church. You can go eat lunch with the leadership of the church after church. What a novel idea. Some churches, you'll be lucky to even speak to the leader ever. Because they're so awesome. Oh. We have the 10th spiritual gift at this church. It's called sarcasm. (laughs) We wrote that one in there. Don't be offended. (laughs) Jesus. Listen, you were designed to belong to a family. You were designed to live in a community. Listen to this, though. People make places. Places do not just randomly make people. I think about a ministry that a lot of the people here who have been deeply impacted about, I think about the ramp. 
And I think about the people who make up that place. They make that place what it is. Okay? The people who make up this place, we make this place what it is. If not, this is just a storefront building and then a building across the street. It can be whatever it wants to be. Right? People make places and then the place that the people made turns around and builds people. Right? That's what a church is supposed to do. That's what a community's role is. That's what a family's role is. And this is not just a place. This is a group of people. This is not just an organization. This is a group of people that have lives, families, and have to deal with issues. This is not the third realm of heaven. Yeah, that's right. Actually, Joe, I did say it was this morning. (laughs) Yeah. But we are on earth, and we have real issues and real problems that we need each other for. That's what the role of community is in the life of the believer. Part of our mission is that we believe that the life that you were made for is encountering God consistently and living in community. Not just coming to church, but living in community. Now, coming to church is a huge part of this, and I'm going to get on that in a second. So send this to all your friends who skip church all the time. Um, But being a part of this means that you are committed to loving other people the way that God loves you. And I'm going to get on that next week about encounters, and I don't want to get too far off on that. But you need to know that Hope Unlimited, this place, I am simply identifying a value of community this morning. I'm not saying what we are trying to be. I'm not throwing vision out there. I'm telling you what this place is. We're a family of people who care for each other in the midst of their struggles. And we pride ourselves on that. And I am completely okay with that. And I would never, ever say, I never, ever heard Jesus say, are you just practicing too much community? (laughs) That's like saying, you just praying too much. Given too much. He never says stuff like that. But we do. All the time. I want to talk to you about finding your people inside of a community. Finding your people inside of community. Can I tell you this this morning? If there was... Well, there's enough people in here right now to say this. Everyone in this room cannot be best friends with each other. (laughs) Everybody okay? (laughs) You can have a relationship with everyone in this room. You can have a relationship with most people. 
That doesn't mean you're their best friend. I want to talk to you about how you live in community, how you live in community. The first thing, listen, if you let these these truths that I'm about to share go deep inside of you this morning, I promise you, you will see fruit from this. I'm going to make, I'm going to, I'm going to say some things this morning that probably won't offend you because you're at church, but will probably make you send some text after church, (laughs) Dougie, I'm going to be texting Dougie. (laughs) Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say some things this morning that could be very offensive to you, and I'm totally fine with that. So brace yourselves. First thing, you need people. If you want to live in community, you need to get over the idea that this is just you and God. It's not. It's not. I've had people tell me I need to work on my relationship with God and I'm telling you, you wouldn't know if they had spent time with any time with God at all. And it's because they isolate themselves away from people who are actually spending time with God. And if you get around people who spend time with God enough, they will know that you ain't spending time with God. You need people. You need people. Throw um, Proverbs 11.14 up there for me. Proverbs 11.14. This fine Sunday morning. Where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Let me say it in a different way for you this morning. There is a, there is a, the King James Version says it this way. There is wisdom in the multitude of counsel. Okay? There is wisdom in the multitude of counsel. Not, not... A friend who tells you what you want to hear all the time. That's not community. Not in the voice of one person. If you listen to the voice of one person long enough, you'll just become a clone. You'll become just like them. And practice all of the things that they do. You're good with that Bible verse. That's why there is wisdom found in the multitude of counsel, right? When I get ready to make an important decision in my life, there are about four or five people that I call. I, was on, I talk to these four or five people all the time, all the time, all the time. And I know that I will be able to make a good decision for myself, in my life, because I have the right people around me speaking into my life. It is important that you do not make decisions in life absent of community. Do not make decisions in isolation. Do not make decisions when you're afraid. Do not make decisions when you're forced to make a decision. Right? Make decisions after you have counseled with a multitude of people. Four or five people. I have four or five people that if I was having to make the toughest decisions in my life 
today, I could pick up the phone, and they're just a phone call away. They're just a phone call away. Listen, you need people to help you navigate life and navigate community. You also need people to confess your stuff to. James 5.16, can you throw that up there? Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. You're good with that one. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another so that you might be healed. Why is it that we cut ourselves off from the things so often that Jesus is dying to bring healing to our lives? We cut ourselves off from community and then wonder why we stay broken. This is something that I often ask people who cut themselves off from community, or I want to ask them. I just never get the opportunity to because, you know, as you grow older, you learn to keep your mouth shut until people ask things. (laughs) So, praise God. I want to ask people, when they cut themselves off from community, how do you plan in all of your dysfunction to heal yourself? What's your plan? You just going to cut Maverick City on for seven or eight hours? Just going to worship? I have nothing against Maverick City. Love them. You going to cut Elevation on? You going to get on YouTube and listen to some sermons? That's awesome. That may give you revelation, but you don't need revelation. You need to be healed and you need to be whole. And that happens among community, in the midst of community. Now, there can be revelation that leads to healing and wholeness. But literally, like, the New Testament just says, tell your friends about your issues. And that brings a form of healing to you. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this. He says, Why are we, why do we so quickly run to God to confess our sins and we so quickly run away from our brother to confess our sins? Here's why. Because a lot of our running to God is us running to ourselves and saying things out loud to make ourselves feel better. That's what Dietrich Bonhoeffer says. Not me. I didn't say it. Don't get offended at me. Write him a letter, you know. He's dead. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I said write him a letter. But why is it that we so quickly think that we run to God and we run away from our brother and we think that we're going to get healed? That's not the recipe in the New Testament. It's just not. It's not. Listen, the average person in America, average person in America has 35 relationships. Okay? 35 relationships. If you go to church, there's more than that. You have 40 relationships if you go to church. Okay? Out of those 40 people, 
that you have a relationship with, most people only consider four of those 40 their friends. So do you know what that tells me? You don't just need people. You need the right people. You don't just need people. You need the right four people, like in this passage of Scripture that I read earlier, that will stand on each corner of your mat. When you're in, when you're going through hell, who is around you? If you needed to get an, if you needed an encounter with Jesus, do the four closest people in your life know how to get you there? Just some thoughts. Do they know how to pick you up when you can't walk? Do they know how to carry you when you can't carry yourself? You should ask yourself about the four closest people in your world right now. And you, can, you should ask them, are they able to do these things? Can they support you when you need help? Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially? Everybody knows this cheesy, cheesy, cheesy quote, but I'm going to say it anyway. Show me your friends, I'll show you your, try it again. Show me your friends, I'll show you your, that's 100, that's 100% true. That's 100% true. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. I don't have to wonder where you're going. I just look around you, and I can see where you're going. Paul says this. He says, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupting your good character also doesn't take place just so you go and having dinner with somebody. Right? Bad company corrupts good character when you spend time with people who are bad company for seasons of time. Y'all okay this morning? You don't just need people. You need the right people. You need four people in your life that, don't, that won't just do what's good to you. They will do what's good for you. You need four people in your life that won't just say what you think you need to hear, but will say things that are good for you to hear. Hard things, like you need to go to church. You need to quit being lazy. You need to quit making excuses about why you don't attend church. You're lazy and you've decided not to come. COVID's over. I'm being serious. I don't understand. I genuinely don't understand. It's the craziest thing in the world to me. You need to stop being lazy. You need to go to church. You don't have to come to this church. Go to a church. But you need to go. Right? You need four people in your life that, that will ask you when you miss church, hey, where were you this week? Is something going on? You need people who will ask you tough questions. You do. And you need people who will say tough things to you. If you don't have people that will say tough things to you, you don't have the right four people in your life. You probably picked those friends based off availability. 
I heard a pastor say this one time. You know why they're always available? Because they don't have a job. And they don't have anything to do. I'm serious. They don't have anything to do. They're not doing anything for their, with their lives, so they're always free. You don't need to be friends with those four people. Now, you may need to pull them out of that, and you may need to look at them, and you need to say, you need to get over yourself. You need to do what's best for you and your family, and who cares? I can't, I, I literally don't know that, I don't even know how this got put into me, but I decided one day, I decided one day, this was a long time ago about church attendance, Moth on church attendance. I'll pull some Bible out for you in a second to make you realize that I'm not just saying this off the dome. I was thinking about this on church attendance. It's like, I never miss basketball practice. And I never miss the other things that are important to me in my life. <laughs> so is this important to you or no? Just be honest about it. Just say, I really don't care about putting my family in an atmosphere on a regular basis where they can have an encounter with Jesus. Just say that. Because you are doing that and you're not saying it. And so I have learned this too about community and people. I have learned this about community and people. Super simple. People are not what they say, they're what they're do. They, what, they are what they do. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to wonder. Look at how they're living their lives. That answers every question that you need to know. Every single one of them. You need people. You need four or five people in your life that will not just do what's good to you and not just say what you want to hear, but will say hard things and they will do the things that are good for you. You need to have four friends in your circle and in your world that will pick up your mat and take you into the, count, into the presence of Jesus, even if you have a bad attitude about it. Some of you need to text some of your friends and say, you have a bad attitude about coming to church. I don't care. You're coming next week anyway. <laughs> or you have a bad attitude about small groups. I don't care. You're coming to them anyway. Sometimes you need to drag people there even with a bad attitude. I want to read something to you real quick. Let me, read, let me read Proverbs 27 first. Let me read this. Listen, better is an open rebuke than love that is concealed. Listen, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Do you have friends who just kiss you? Do you have friends who just tell you the things that you want to hear to make you feel better about your life? I have friends who I've had thoughts. They'll just straight up say, yeah, that's not biblical. I'm glad that you said that. Because I would not, I don't want to preach heresy. Yeah, first of all. Yeah, yeah. And then again, then again though, like really though, do your friends... Just tell you the things that you want to hear. 
If they are, if they do, find some new ones. If you want to, <laughs> I'm about to offer up someone as a friend for everyone up here. <laughs> if you want someone who will tell you the things that you need to hear, but don't want to hear, see our beloved St. Thomas Aquinas. I had one of the people in my life tell me this week, they're like, you need to do this. So I went and did it. Right? You need to do this. Good thing was, I didn't really care to do what they were asking me to do. But it definitely wasn't a kiss. Right? It definitely, it definitely wasn't just continue living your life the way that you want to live your life and just see how the results play out. That's dumb. Don't listen to people who tell you that stuff. That's not real community. That is not biblical community. It's not. Listen, let me ask you this. Do you have friends in your life that would tear a roof apart for you? And then let me ask you this question. Are you a friend who would tear a roof apart for somebody else? Or do you just want to pretend to do this? It's real super simple. You can pretend, like literally, I think some people pretend to follow Jesus for status. And because it gives them a sense of community, and they don't even have to practice it. That one's a tough one there. Some of them are fine with going to church as long as the pastor preaches whatever they want to hear. And as long as they don't say certain things from the stage, probably the wrong church. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I do not say things just because I want to be provocative. Things are only provocative if there are issues on the back end. If you're coming to church all the time, if you've got friends all the time, this sermon is awesome for you. It's like when you talk about giving. It's like nobody cares if you talk about giving except the people who don't give. (laughs) Then they're mad because you talked about money. (laughs) Right? Do you have four people in your life that could stand on the sides of your mat if you were paralyzed to get you to what you need, not what you want? Do you have those four people? Listen. Sometimes you need to be carried, and that's okay. You just need to be sure that you have the right four people lifting your mat. Because I know some people that will drop you if it gets inconvenient. And they'll, they'll, they'll dip out if it gets too messy. Ever been there? As long as everything's going smooth and you just really need them to you know, carry your mat, that's fine. But what about when you're paralyzed? And you can't do it for yourself. And you can't lift yourself. And you can't carry yourself. And you need a touch from God. Do you have people who will get on the sides of your mat and lift you and carry you and love you enough to get you into the presence of God 
where you ultimately need to be. Do you have people that will tear a hole in a roof for you? I'm confident to say that I do. I'll tell you how I know. I had somebody text me this week. (laughs) He was like, hey, man, just want to let you know, if somebody ever done anything to your family, it would be really, really bad for them. (laughs) I was like, that, that text message came out of the blue. <laughs> like you, I'm talking about out of the blue. We ain't talking about this at all. I was like, everything all right? <laughs> like, I need to come and do something for your family? Is this what you're trying to? I'm serious. I have people in my corner that will tear holes in roofs. I do. No doubt about it. Listen, I want to I read you a scripture real quick. Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, brethren, love that language, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he gave us through the veil, that is his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance, having our hearts sprinkled clean from evil an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Listen to this. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who, is, he who promised is faithful. Listen to this. And let us consider how to simulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembly together, as is the habit of some. Forsaking... Community is a habit. It's a habit. Listen, I I had one of uh, my pastor, I had my pastor's wife tell me this one time. Uh, You're good with that too. I had my pastor's wife tell me this one time. I was leading. I was frustrated. And she said this, and this set me free forever. People do what they want to do. People do what they want to do, and they create habits. Listen, don't create the habit of cutting yourself off from community. Don't create the habit of doing that. In Hebrews, it says, we are to provoke each other in love and good deeds. We're to provoke each other to love God and 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 we're, to provoke, and we're to provoke each other to act accordingly. And then it says, not forsaking the assembly of the saints, for some have made a habit of. Can you be provoked by people? Do people have, can people provoke you to love God and love other people? Are you around people to do that enough? Listen, find people who don't miss church often. Just some advice. Find people who don't miss church often. I'm just being honest. Sorry. <laughs> Find people who, whose actions line up with their love for God. You can see. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church slash give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.